Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is all of it. Every week we catch up with our eyes and ears in the newsroom. Editor Kate Hines to get a handle on what the newsroom has covered, is covering, and will be covering in the future. Hi, Kate. Hello, Allison. So let's see. Next, last time we spoke, Omicron was the dominant variant, and now we have numbers topped, the surge numbers have topped since 2020, but there have been no mandated shutdowns yet. There are staffing issues at places like the LIRR and Broadway and the MTA. What kind of commuting issues have there been? Well, you have to wait longer for a subway. That's pretty clear. And there's also no service on some lines. Like right now, there's no service on the B and W trains, which has been going on for a few days. There's no midday service on the J train and a number of trains that used to go express are now going local and vice versa. This is kind of a more extreme variation on a theme we've been hearing for some time, that the MTA is running as much service as they can with the staff they have available. And in terms of staffing, that's a little bit of a mystery. The MTA won't say how many staff members are out sick right now. There are some reports that it's in the hundreds. And it's also important to note that the MTA is one of the few state agencies that's been exempted from the vaccine mandate. Governor Hochul has said in the past that she didn't think she needed to impose one, given the percentage of workers that had already gotten the vaccine. So it's going to be interesting to see if that changes. Hey, listeners, if you want to get in on this conversation, we'd love to know how you've been affected by the COVID surge. Have you had a tough time commuting? Have your offices closed? Are your kids school remote? Are your employer having a tough time staffing? What do you think? 212 WNYC 212-433-9692. Do you think there should be sort of a temporary shutdown across the board? Or do you think these optional closures are better? We'd love to know what you think. 212-433-9692. 212-433-WNYC. Or you can hit us up on social media at all of it. WNYC. So yesterday, Mayor Adams reiterated schools are staying open. How are teachers and parents reacting to this news? Public schools, we should say. Right. Well, yesterday's student 67%. So that means a third of New York City kids did not go to school. Normally, attendance is around 91%. So it's too early to know, to know what that means. Are parents keeping kids out of school? Are there huge swaths of kids that have to quarantine due to COVID? Um, but it seems pretty clear families are nervous. And then earlier this morning, Mayor Eric Adams went on CNN and basically reiterated that we are keeping kids in school, but in a way that is not going over well with some people. And we have a cut. We cannot feed into hysteria. This is traumatizing our children. The way adults are responding to COVID is having a negative impact on our children. Allison, can you guess what word that he used is not getting a lot of love right now? Started with an H, ended with the hysteria? Uh, you're right. Like, hysteria. Uh, you know, and parents will say that <laughs> hysteria. The counterpoint to that is that we know the city's positivity rate is nearly 25%, and the number of children being admitted to hospitals continues to grow. So some parents are saying it's pragmatic, not hysterical. Um, but there are a lot of parents who are really grateful that schools are open, and they don't want to go back to the shutdown days. Meanwhile, there's a lot of staffing shortages. The United Federation of Teachers president has been asking Mayor Adams to delay the return to in-person learning, but Adams obviously wants in-person school to continue. So, you know, we're at a pretty tricky moment. Listeners, let's get you in on this conversation. 
How has the COVID surge affected you? Have your kids gone remote? Are you keeping your kids home? How about what's going on in your offices or your commute? 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. Do you think we should do sort of a temporary shutdown or do you think these optional closures are working better? We wanna know what you think. 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. If typing to us on social media is easier, please do that at all of it, WNYC. Okay, so one of the ways that Mayor Adams and Governor Hochul said they'll combat the spread in schools is with increased testing. All right, so where are we on this? I mean, who supports this? Who doesn't? How possible is this? Yeah, the city has, it's called what the policy is test to stay. And it's a little different from, you know, previous uh, months in school. Kids who are exposed to COVID can take a rapid test and remain in school as long as they test negative twice over a few days and are symptom free. And so far, the city says it's distributed about 2.1 million at-home tests. And there are about a million kids in public school. Each kit contains two tests. So, you know, this could be enough for a month. And the city has doubled its random testing program in public school, and it's now including kids and staff who have been vaccinated. That population had not been randomly tested before. But families have to opt in to random testing, and the vast majority have not. And kindergartners and pre-K kids are not part of the random testing program anyway, so there are some clear loopholes. Pretty much everyone seems to say this is not enough. You know, we need more testing. We need everyone needs to be tested randomly, not just the kids who have signed up to be tested. Um, you know, it's basically the city administration and Kathy Hochul who are saying this is good enough. You know, everyone else is saying, eh, I don't think so. Let's go to Liz, who's called in on line one, calling in from Brooklyn. Hi, Liz. Thanks for calling all of it. Hi, glad to be here. Um, I just want to say completely agree that people don't think that there's nearly enough mitigations, especially testing. And I have a really good example, unfortunately, a good bad example. Mm-hmm. So, um, so one of the reasons I didn't send my child into school on Monday was because there was no baseline, um, which many, many districts are doing across the country. Um, LA picked up 3,000 cases before the school year even started, and they have half the number of kids that we do. So it's like this way to pick up cases so they don't stream into the school, right? Um, so we didn't do a baseline, and um, so we decided not to send our child. There were 31 cases in my Maybe it's 21. I'm sorry. The 21 or 31 cases the last week of school. A lot. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, um, but yesterday we didn't send my child in. And then we got notice that two teachers tested positive during the day um, and that three classes were sent home with the test kits. So, um, and I don't know how exactly, I don't know if that was because the teachers were waiting for PCRs and there's such a big lag time in getting PCRs back. I don't know if they happened to just sort of be like, well, maybe I'll do a wrap in the middle of the day. I don't know how that happened. But, um, you know, obviously very, you know, concerning for kids, right, when they get that test kit, they it kind of, you know, it hits home. My 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 child got a lot of texts from buddies that were sort of freaked out because they, you know, this had happened um, and it didn't have to happen that way. These these are two very specific cases that never had to happen because if we had had a baseline, they would have been caught before um, schools ever opened. Liz, thank Liz you for can coming. I, the, 
Go Sorry, ahead. this is Kate. Can I ask you a follow-up question? Um, what is Please. your plan? Are you going to send your child back to school? Or are you going to sort of wait and see how the first week shakes out? Yeah, that was kind of the agreement that I came up with um, with my co-parents. But, um, yeah, I mean, the from what I'm hearing and seeing, I mean, I've heard that there are um, massive, massive staffing shortages and from friends who work in like central or borough offices that they are being sent to schools um, to work in them. So from my perspective, I really don't want to, I don't need to, you know, send my child to go have a sub, <laughs> you know, like the right. learning is not really continuing um, whether or not they have a sub or not because the teachers are working in such perilous situations. All the teachers that I know um, do not want to be back right now. They feel like they're being asked to do something that's both unnecessary and dangerous. And I guess the last thing I would add is that, you know, I really respect um, my principal because they, you know, they were, they were clear with us about what was happening, um, let us know how many cases were happening, and they made it a safe place for people to come who needed to be there, and they also encouraged people before the break to not be part of this massive surge um, so that, um, and I wish, I, I, what I'm seeing like almost immediately with this mm -hmm. new administration, we're going from what really wasn't very supportive or very good mitigations um, to potentially uh, principals feeling like they have even less power to protect their schools um, and they had very little <laughs> to begin with but that last week got kind of crazy so they were able to you know they had a little leeway because the, the situation yeah. room was um, anyway so I could talk for a long time about <laughs> I do want to get to a few other folks but thank you so much it was really thorough and interesting we appreciate it Lauren has been holding online too for calling in from New Jersey hi Lauren what have you been experiencing well, I work in medical sales, and so, um, you know, I'm one of those reps who goes around day-to-day, -day, talks to customers, et cetera, and the conversation I'm having with offices as I go in is, you know, how many people are you guys down today? And most of my offices are down anywhere from, like, one to four people, uh, mm -hmm. assistants, et cetera, and then if they're not down staff members, they're just having a lot of patient cancellation appointments because the patient has COVID. I work with dentists, and frankly, you know, you're not going to the dentist if you've got COVID right now. You're going to wait and reschedule the appointment. So I'm seeing that quite a bit. And even my company, I mean, January is national sales meeting time for all, all medical device and, and drug companies. And uh, we just decided to go virtual with our company's meeting. Thank wow. you for calling in. We've had a bunch of folks. Thomas in Brooklyn says his two-year-old daughter started going to preschool. It's hard when you can't face vaccinate your child. Martha from Queens was really frustrated with the school's at-home rapid testing plan. It's hard to keep track of classrooms. It doesn't feel like there's a concrete plan. I think you hear a theme, Kate, that you can take back yep. to the newsroom. Uh, also, for folks who are interested in knowing about Governor Hochul's 2020 plan, tell them where to tune in. Listen to Morning Edition tomorrow. We're probably around 6.40 a.m. Our Albany reporter, John Campbell, will be on to preview her state of the state and talk about what some of the big policy initiatives are. And we will do that again in the 8 a.m. hour. WNYC Newsroom Editor Kate Hines, thank you. Thank you. I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. 
So please join me every week for the New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts.